0: side hand out, he's got
2: a big hole, it is a foot race, and I don't think they're going to get him, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5,
0: touchdown, touchdown Colorado, let's go, on the Buffalo Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is Buffs Prime Time, presented by Coors Light, the official gear of chill, For now, here is your host, the voice of the Buffalo's, Mark Johnson. Well, I'm looking out over the uh, room that we're in here at the Post Brewing Company in downtown Boulder, and uh, I'm assuming y'all showed up for the great chicken they serve here and the great drinks, and could it be something to do with the fact that the Buffaloes knocked off Nebraska last week, 34 to 31 in overtime. Hi, everybody. Welcome into to Buffs Prime Time with head coach Mel Tucker. i voice of the Buffs, Mark Johnson. Colorado 2-0, 34-31. A comeback of down 17-0 at the intermission. And yeah, the Buffs win in overtime on a field goal by James Stefano and a miss by Nebraska. Now we're getting ready for the Air Force Falcons to come to town for the first time since, you would have been born in 73, weren't you? I was born in 1972. <laughs> 72, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think there for a second. I thought, you're about four years younger than I am. but I knew it was going to be close there. Uh, well, congratulations.
3: Oh, look at this out here, huh? Yeah, Gee. This is a great turnout. This is, this is what I expected when I came to the There you go. That's yeah. what I'm talking about right here.
0: Mel sat down here, by the way, and he looks at me, and he says, the great line from Field of Dreams, build it and they will come, right? right? <laughs> That's right. Here That's they are.
3: right. Build it and they will come.
0: I would imagine- and your phone probably exploded after that ball came the other day. Huh?
3: Yeah, I'll tell you what, I had over 400 text, text <laughs> messages uh, waiting for me when I got back to my locker. So uh, you didn't
0: know that you had that many friends.
3: <laughs> yeah, there was some, some texts from some people that I have forgotten about over here. Jim. <laughs> but it's, it's all good. It, was, it means that uh, people are paying attention to what we're doing here in Boulder.
0: Well, I think you got a glimpse. And, and I think I said to you at one point, I don't know, one of the, the shows we do together, and I said, this is a hungry fan base to you. And you, you know that they tasted greatness. They uh, they don't win a national championship and a Heisman Trophy and all that kind of stuff. Tastes like and so you're a little bit prophetic when you say that. Bill never come. You got a taste of how hungry this fan base is
3: after that ball game. It's yeah, man, the fans were rocking in yeah. there. The, the student section was was unbelievable. And you know, I could feel I felt the hunger since the day I got here. I mean, December fifth. You know, um, Nebraska and. Rather be rather be dead than red and and I had to get rid of all my red stuff. And, you know, right. and so it was it was good and the, the hype and lead up to the game was, was uh was uh it was it was pretty strong and so uh, I'm just really happy for for our players and, and for our coaching staff and for all of our fans um that uh you know we're moving in the right direction.
0: How focused? Like during a ball game, I always wonder about this with coaches because you, you've coached in some phenomenal uh, rivalries and buildings. And when it's that electric in the stands, are you even aware of that when you're out there in the field? Or are you so laser-like focused on what's happening you can't pay attention to that?
3: Yeah, before the game, sure. Um, you're, you're certainly aware of it. Um, you, if you don't, you, know, you have to not have a pulse, not to feel that electricity <laughs> in, the, in that building in that stadium. Um, but you know, once the game starts, like once the ball's kicked off. So you really don't hear anything, sure. you know, from my standpoint, you don't. He, it's almost like you're in an empty gym yeah
0: you know if you've seen the video so I, I know you know the week before at mile high Stadium, it wasn't really you running behind ralphie out there you got the real deal and if you see the video you're holding the team back and you're kind of barking them to get yeah. back and then you know ralphie's being released out of the corral there that was kind of fun experience
3: for him, i would think yeah i mean um everyone doesn't get to do this you know yeah. and so i feel blessed and fortunate to have the opportunity um to run behind Ralphie, she was rolling now Yes, she, she was. was out she was out the gate she knew
0: what was going on, yeah, yeah.
3: she knew what was going on, and so uh but the uh that 's the great thing about uh about athletics and great thing about uh coaching at a place like this that has great tradition. I mean that's one of the greatest traditions in the history of sport. Right. You know, running behind Ralphie and um, to have that and uh, Folsom in my first uh, first home game uh, against Nebraska. That's a, a special moment. What sort of sorcery did you have at halftime that you <laughs> said to the guy? What, what magic
0: words? Uh, who were you uh, channeling? What was going on there? The halftime, huh? <laughs> channeling.
3: <laughs> I like that. Um, you know, I'll tell you what. There's really, really not a whole lot of magic to it. You know, I just told the guys and said, "Listen, Nebraska. That's the that's the absolute best they can play. We all know that they're not they're not that good. Um, we're making them look a lot better than what they are." Um, I felt like that. Um, we would, I told him if we just execute our plan, you know, make the adjustments we need to make um that we and don't look at the scoreboard and just play the next play, we can get back in this thing and wear these guys down in the fourth quarter, and that's exactly what happened.
0: So that, that first half, and I think you said to us in the broadcast as you are walking off the field, you, you made a kind of, you said, boy, we left, we left some plays out there, we had opportunities. When you went back and watched, a slow start, you were just saying to somebody here a moment ago, we've got to start starting quicker, if right. you will. So take us back to that first half. What was going on?
3: Yeah, it's just, um, you know, I mean, you've got to give Nebraska some credit. They come out and they play hard and they've got some good players. Yeah. You know, but... Um, you know, football's the ultimate team sport, and you got 11 guys out there, and, and when you're competing at the highest level, you know, everyone has to be on point, and one mistake can cost you a play, and, and so, um, just a matter of, you know, not having guys on the same page on a consistent basis, um, you know, we had some penalties on offense, um, we busted a coverage on defense, the game with touchdown, yep. um, and those types of things, uh, You know, when you do that against against good football teams, you're going to look bad, and that's what happened.
0: You know, there's that old adage uh, we hear about all the time in football about the most improvement you make is from week one to
3: week two. Did your team improve? We we did improve. Um, We improved in a lot of areas, and um, you know, individually, you know, there were some guys that grew up a little bit. uh, They had a different look on their faces. in our second game, as opposed to that first game, some of those young guys, I mean, that first game, it was was—it was moving kind of fast for some yeah, of those guys.
0: Big saucer guys ride. Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: Some of those guys had that Brook Trout look, you know. <laughs> but um, but in the game two, I could see the maturity, you know. Okay, I've done this before. I know what's expected. And uh, so we we're able to, you know, play it more aggressively. Well, I think we hit a little bit harder, ran a little bit faster. Um, I think the guys had a little bit more fun. And so uh, right now, I so saw this week was all about the details because, you know, that's really the only way you can get better. Sure. And I told him, I said, listen, guys, um, you know, there's, really, there's no finish line here with what we're doing ever. There's never, never going to be a level of comfort. We're always going to have to work to get better. We haven't, we haven't come this far just to come this far. You know, there's a lot more work to do, and so you have to stay focused and, and continue to stay after it.
0: At, at halftime, how involved are you? with your coordinators and what's going on in your sound of the ball? Are you ever saying, hey, I saw this, or are you just letting those guys coach the team? or How does that work?
3: Yeah, at halftime, um, before we meet with the players, we meet as a coaching staff in the coaches' locker room. Mm-hmm. We kind of huddle up you know, as, a, as an entire staff, and then we break up the offense and defense. If I have anything to say, I say it then. Um, and then um, we'll go and present the adjustments and things like that to the players um, in the locker room. Um, I left the locker room early, the coaches' locker room early and went and talked to the players a little bit before the the other coaches got to them okay. to make the adjustments. I had a, a few things I wanted wanted to say, um, but really it's a collaborative effort. You know, you have to uh, you have to uh, you have to be very clear um, with the adjustments, and um, and you have to do a great job explaining and teaching because there's not a lot of time. And it's very, very heated, and it's very, it can be very emotional. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know that's the time for us to make sure we're on the same page as, as the coaching staff and then present the information to the players in a clear and concise way that they can understand what the, what's expected of them in the second half.
0: In the second half of offensively, you, you guys will use a lot of tight formation type stuff. Kind of take us through what, the, the thought process and why. And it seems to be very effective for you guys.
3: Yeah, those tight formations are they're tough, man. They're tough on us in practice, defensively going against our offense. Um, alignments, you know, keys, responsibilities, they, they all change as opposed to when you're spread out. And so uh, Jay Johnson does a really good job um, with formations, mm-hmm. uh, shifts, motions, you know, keeping teams on um, – off balance, he's really got good run pass balance. He's not afraid to take shots down the field, and he never goes away from the running game. So, um, you know, some of those formations that we uh, that we featured in the second half certainly um, helped us offensively.
0: Buffalo's getting ready for Air Force this weekend. It's an early game. That's at 11 o'clock. 11.01 is the kickoff this weekend. Bus practice in the morning, by the way. They're used to getting up early. That's right. Uh, We're going to hit the uh, air on the uh, network at 9 o'clock. Gary Barnett. Gary's going to be back, by the way. He was under the weather last weekend, so coach is back this weekend. And we'll hit the air at 9 o'clock on Saturday morning. Colorado football is brought to us by Safeway, proud supporter of the University of Colorado. Part of Safeway's commitment is to support local businesses, local growers, and local schools. Because of Safeway, what matters to you? Matters to us. A quick time out. We're here at the Post Brewing Company. Our new location is here. A pack house tonight as we get set for Air Force. For more with head coach Mel Tucker coming up next. This is Colorado football from Learfield, IMG College. Back once again at the Post Brewing Company in downtown Boulder. We're uh, located right here on 13th Street, just off Pearl. Come and by and see us. We're out here every Thursday from 12.30 to 1.30 for Mounts uh, Prime Time with Mel Tucker. We go live to tape, and then it airs that night at 7 o'clock on the Colorado Football Network. Oh, by the way, next, to you, next week we're out here on Wednesday. All right. So most weeks of Thursday, we've got a few Wednesday shows because of scheduling issues. And so next week, we're out here on Wednesday. So come see us on Wednesday. If you show them on Thursday, there'll be something going on, but it won't be this. So uh, getting ready for Air Force this weekend. One more segment with Mel Tucker. By the way, we've got Jay Johnson coming up, the offensive coordinator, quarterback Steven Montez is going to join us as well. So those two are coming up. Oh, okay. Let's let's talk about a 96-yard flea flicker from your own four-yard line. That's a fascinating call right there. Now you're the head coach, and everything you're hearing, everything going on, and. Darren Shaverini on, on the TV show this week, I asked about that, and he says, "Boy, that takes a set, doesn't it?" Um, <laughs> that's 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 chef, though. He can say that. Yes, chef can say that. Yeah, I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> no, I, I shouldn't have said it either. To be honest with you, that's a heck of a call, though.
3: Yeah, I mean, a lot of credit goes to Jay Johnson. I mean, he's a fearless play caller, and and uh, oftentimes, you know, when you call plays, you, you, you have to focus on. You know the execution and if it's there and if you think it's there you can't worry about it if it doesn't work all right and then you can never make a call right <laughs> and so uh, it was obviously something that we thought was there and that uh, was a great play called by him great execution by the players and um, that was one of the probably the most exciting plays that you'll you'll, you'll see all season yeah, without question
0: uh, by the way by the way the, the longest play from scrimmage in Colorado history did you guys know that and in fact, the previous long pass play was to Jeremy Bloom, who Mel and I talked about talked with yesterday on his podcast. And by the way, if you haven't heard that, uh, dial that up on, on social media; it's out there. And uh, but been, Jeremy's been so successful, even though he's wiped out of the record books, he's still doing all right, I think. Yeah, he's, he's still doing all right, yeah. and, and uh, I think he'll get over it. I think he's he, he wealthy, and the, you know, all those medals around his neck. Yeah, he'll be just fine <laughs> afterward, I think. But but on that play, there's a couple of things about that. Um, Number one, everyone always thinks about, you know, okay, the offensive line comes off the ball, the back pitches it back to the quarterback. What KD did to set that up? Yeah. There, there's a lot that goes into that that I don't think people think about in terms of how he
3: set that play up. Yeah, he's a, you you got to be a great actor, you know. <laughs> which he is, uh, Which he is, right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so uh, it's, uh, it's, all, it's all about execution, you know, because um, oftentimes what you'll see is you'll see um, guys do it a certain way in practice. And try to do something different in the game, right. Right? right? And and it won't work if you do that. Sure. And, but uh, they executed that play just like they have done in practice, which yeah. is uh, that's, uh, that's called discipline to do your job. Yeah,
0: that's why you guys take all those reps. That's right. Is, is that something that as the game's going on, Jay is seeing, and he and the offensive staff are seeing, okay, hey, this. And, and I don't th- that's something about play calling, I think, that, that is so instinctive. You've done that as a defensive coordinator. Where you're watching and you're seeing and thinking, okay, that might work here. And yeah, it really is a chess match. Those guys, you coordinators are doing, isn't it?
3: It is. You know, every time you call a play, you you, you have a, you have some type of reasoning behind it, and um, oftentimes, uh, well, all the time, you call the game. You know, during the week in practice, and uh, you decide, you know, what you want to call and what's in whatever particular situation that you have up, and then. Um, and then on game day, it's just a matter of uh, dialing it up. And then you take in information um, throughout the game in terms of how they're adjusting and what they're doing. Um, and you try to have a you try to have a feel for it. But you know, also, you know, at the end of the day, um, good players make you a great coach. Oh, so, no yeah. You know, you got to have guys that can execute um, execute the plays, and we certainly have that. I'm gonna throw this at you because I think it's it's come up a lot. Uh, in different
0: various media and and, and fan asking about this. You know, you come into this season, LaVisca Chenault uh, is is looked at as one of the great players in the country, which he should be because he is. And and yet his numbers have been you know, rather pedestrian on the team so far. Is that something you concern yourself with? You can't force feed the guy. Right. You know he's a great player. Mm-hmm. my guess is because he's such a great team buy team guy, he's just buying in and just having a good time.
3: Well, yeah, it's um, you, you can't force feed him. Um, that's where you start to get in trouble. Um, you you have to uh, you know always have a plan to get the to get the ball to your best players, and we're certainly um, you know doing everything we can to do that. Um, but we have other guys that can make plays, yeah. and so. Um at the end I and I've told him, I said, you know, we'll just add this thing up at the end of the season and see where we end up. Um because um uh, I think every everyone knows what he's capable of doing and he just gotta um, you know, make the plays he's supposed to make. He's very unselfish. Um, you know, he's a team guy. You know, at the same time he's a great player and great ones want the ball, you sure. know, and so uh, you know, it's a it's a balance, but I I feel like um because of what we're doing on offense and how many guys are touching the ball and the targets and the carries and you know, our run pass um, balance. I feel like uh, at the end of the day, you know, he's going to he's going to get his. Yeah. Yeah. without that question, one of, the, one of the
0: certainly one of the handful of greatest players in, in college football right now. All right. Let's start talking about this. Uh, this Air Force team you're going to face this weekend. Um, that offense is is so unique. So help us understand here. You, uh, Georgia, you faced obviously Georgia Tech. They run some variation of the
3: option. Is it similar
0: to that? Is it very different? What, what exactly kind of creature we looked on?
3: There are some similarities. Um. But the uh, Air Force's offense compared to like Georgia Tech is they have a lot more formations. They're more multiple and uh so that makes it makes it more difficult to prepare for. Um however, you know, we've uh been preparing for these guys, you know, really since the day that we got here. I made sure that I have coaches on this staff that have uh, on the defensive staff that have uh experience defending the option. You know, as soon as I, I got here and I saw the schedule. Um, You know, that was a priority and and there's coaches on our staff that are here um, in in good part, in large part, because they know how to defend the option. And so uh, it's, it's been an all season, all season projects. We worked on them. All through all, all through fall camp, and um, even at the, you know at the end of practices, mm-hmm. you know we 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 would have the Air Force One team. We call them, they come over, and run those plays, and right. and out there in the heat, and we're cutting and doing all that. I say, hey man, don't blame us, blame Air Force. <laughs> After you saw that schedule, was your first question, to Rick?
0: Really, seriously, Rick? You put them <laughs> on the schedule?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, as a coach, uh, you know, I learned this in the National Football League. You know, oh. just coach the players. <laughs> you know, just, just coach the players, and so. Uh, you know that's where our, that's where we keep our focus. It's uh, it's an opportunity for us to. Uh, it's a challenge, you know. To see what see what we're all about. What we can do with
0: a team like that. They had one pass play, by the way,
3: against Colgate two weeks ago. That's right.
0: Um, and, and the way and you saw this with with Army last week against Michigan, the way they
3: can get you, boy. You, those secondary guys keep creeping, keep creeping, keep creeping. And the next thing you know, bang, it's going to be your head. That's how they get you. Yeah. I mean, and everyone knows they're going to run it, and they're, they're going to hand the ball to the fullback, and it's gonna be a quarterback and it's gonna be a pitch on the option, all that. Um, and if you and if you can't stop that then they they don't even have to throw it, you know, they're just running down your throat. They'll, they'll have four or five hundred yards rushing. You know, they do that on a routine basis. Um, but where they really can, where they really break your heart, where they can get you, is when you're playing good defense and you're stopping the run and you're, you know, guys are flying to the ball. And next thing you know, you get a play action pass and some guy pops open way. You know, like, where'd that guy come from? But, Wide open, yeah. 22 yards down the field for a touchdown. And you, those are things you have to, you can't let happen because, um, you know, they're banking on that. You know, it's, everything's a setup.
0: Yeah, so we talk so much about. You know, facing one of these academies and what they do with the ball from the defensive side. From the offensive side, you know, a normal football game, you're going to have, what, 12, 14 possessions, yeah. somewhere along that? Against a team like Air Force, it might be 8, 9, 10 possessions. And so though on offense, it puts
3: pressure on that side because you've got to be more efficient, make sure right. you're doing what you need to do, right? Yeah, one of our, our goals this week is offensively is to be opportunistic. And that means taking advantage of every opportunity that we have, you know, when we possess the ball. We know, we have to advance it. We have to have first downs. We have to convert on third down, and we have to score when we get those chances to do so. And um, when to keep our defense off the field, you know, make sure we take care of the football. End uh, every series with a kick. Um, and so um, it's going to be complimentary football. You know, offense, defense, special teams working together to get these, get this done. Um, you know, Air Forces—they get—they got—they have an excellent football team, and I have a high level of respect for what Coach Calhoun has done there. Yeah, he's been a great one. Hey, before we let you go
0: here, Jay's going to come up here. Well, what was it about Jay Johnson that you said I want that guy to
3: be my offensive coordinator? Yeah, I knew uh, I wanted Jay Johnson to be my offensive coordinator like three years ago when That's I met you. him. I mean, he's. Uh, he's uh he's a he's a high character guy um he's a family guy he uh he cares about the players he's probably the most organized human being that I've ever been around and i think I've never seen him eat food. I've only seen him...
1: For, hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. Com.
3: No purchase necessary. VGW group void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. and drink water. <laughs> and and, I, and he's, he's at the facility every morning like at 4.15 working out every day. Okay. Like clockwork. I mean, <laughs> the guy, is a he's a machine. I'm All just right. telling you. And uh, when he, he'll walk in here, and he'll be mild mannered and yep. and everything, and kind of straight laced guy. But I'm telling you, he's one of the most competitive people I've ever been around. Right. I mean, yeah. when we do, we have recruiting function. we have a scavenger hunt, and we break up into teams with the recruits. And I'm telling you, man, it's like getting ready for the, the <laughs> damn Super Bowl.
0: Telling, yeah. turns into Wolverine out there, I huh? Mean, holy <laughs> smokes! I'm like, this is about the
3: kids, isn't it? You
0: know. surprised you're like, surprising that. me. I've been around Jay so many times, and like you said, he's so mild man relaxed
3: yeah he's got a he's got a uh he he's he's very driven um okay. he's very very intense and um he doesn't have to raise his voice for uh for coaches or players to know what he what what he's really all about all right well he's coming up here today. On
0: Saturday at 11 o'clock at Folsom Field, get on out there. And uh, we want to see only black and gold this weekend out there in the, in the stands, all right? We're at the Post Brewing Company. It's where we have Buffs b- Prime Time every week. The O.C. is going to join us next. Steven Montez still coming up, the quarterback as well. And so we got uh, plenty to talk about. As so we'll continue after a timeout. This is Colorado Football from Learfield IMG College. Once again on Buffs Prime Time, we come to you for the Post Brewing Company in downtown Boulder, Colorado, 2 0 the season. Coming off that 34 31 win over Nebraska in overtime last week, and now Air Force coming to town. We, we talked about them. Uh, we're not going to talk football. I just want to hear about winning scavenger hunts with the offensive coordinator, How <laughs> of the Buffaloes, uh, Jay Johnson. Who that, knew that about you? Well,
1: I, I tell you, when when you get a chance to compete, you have to go compete. <laughs> so uh, it, it was on.
0: It was fun. We had a good time with the recruits. Right, it was kind of fun hearing uh, Mel talk about you. Uh, your, your demeanor just very relaxed, and uh, where, where is that? Now, you guys may not know this, uh, quarterback uh, here at, what, Northern Iowa? Correct. Correct. All right. Who was the guy that came after you? Quarterback? Um, I'm not sure who guy he named was. Kurt Warner, by the way, followed him at quarterback at, at Northern Iowa.
1: So that's where the competitive comes from. Right? Absolutely. Right. You know, I always say, Kurt is worth millions. I'm a great trivia question. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> Uh, you got Wally pipped by Kurt Warner there. Yeah, absolutely. There. Uh, that was awful fun last week, wasn't it? It was. Uh, yeah. you know,
1: Just a lot of credit to the guys that kept playing. Yeah. Kept respecting the process and kept playing it was awesome. Alright,
0: take us to the flea flicker. That, that's a heck of a call right there. And and, and and what did you see and where did it come from and how long did you think about actually running that play in that circumstance? Well, it, it was
1: kind of interesting. We've had that play up all camp. It was yeah. one of our specials. We had worked periodically throughout training camp and actually it was the first series of the game. We're in the same formation, and they gave us a presentation that that it fit that play. I didn't expect to use it because what I had seen on film from them throughout the week was a different back end coverage. But there it was, and we kind of got the momentum a little bit prior to, and so we thought, why not? It was a good, yeah. good, good, good chance to call it. Now I want you to, to
0: talk to people about what what you just said there and the idea of play calling and, and the chess match that's going on. You're not calling. And correct me if I'm wrong here. I can't imagine you're calling. You're not reacting this play and that play. You, you got to be thinking okay, the second quarter, of this may work. And what's happening? going be three, four. It's like chess, right? I mean, you're, you're not just move, making one move and thinking about that. You're thinking about a hundred different things.
1: There is. There's, there's multiple things to do. And, right. and one of the things I always try to do is train my eyes. It's, it's hard. You know, you get on a game day and then you have to refocus. And for me, I am always focusing on what's going on in the back end. And that will kind of tell me the story of what's coming on up front. And so okay. you try to take all that information. Then, you know, we have a great offensive staff and Each of us have our roles. We call them game day eyes. And so once we look at those particular pieces of the the puzzle, then hopefully we can kind of piece things together and and kind of plan what our next step is. Mm -hmm. Because I have to think that way, and then the next person you're going to talk to, Steven, has to think that way. He has to know where I'm going. And I think he knew some things of where I was going, particularly the touchdown of Tony Brown. Right. There was only one place he could go, and he knew it because we ran it earlier, and he got it to the right spot and was successful.
0: So during the game, So you're calling the plays... How much input are you getting from the rest of your staff?
1: You know, there, there is some some quiet conversation pieces going. Uh, like I said, we kind of have all assignments that our guys are doing throughout throughout the game in each particular play. We have guys looking at the front structure, the linebacker alignments. If we're, we're getting blitz, I'm looking at the back end, which another, and we all kind of take that information and collect And I want them to talk a little bit because I want to hear what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So then we can kind of make, uh, make adjustments as we move forward. How much do you hear?
0: Maybe this, this is a, a pertinent question because you got a fifth-year senior quarterback. has been around a lot of football. Mm-hmm. How much are you hearing from him during the game? Is he off? Is he okay to make suggestions? Oh, absolutely. I
1: always tell him if they have a play, tell me, and I'll give it to him yeah because I trust him. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we have to develop that trust with that guy. And so if he wants a play, I'll give it to him. You know, it's kind of interesting. We between each series, we we talk. Well, he must sprint over the phone and just like pick it up instantaneous because <laughs> like the phone's ringing and they haven't gotten off the field. I'm like, give me two seconds just to kind of figure this out. Sure. I and mean, coach, yeah. coach. Yeah. I'm like yeah, give me a second. So so we're always talking, you know, yeah. and,
0: and he's great about that. But yeah, I definitely take their input. All right, well, you get here uh, in December after Mel takes the job, and you walk in, you've got a, a guy that's been a, a had some experience as a two-year starting quarterback. Now he walks in here. You're the third offensive coordinator he's essentially had in three years. How, how do you approach that with Stephen to, do, to try and get that? A relationship started, How to get that trust
1: started? How does it work? Right. Well, I think you just hit it on the head. I, I needed to develop a relationship. I give him all the credit in the world because he 's had so much transition to work through you know three three different people, maybe three different type of schemes, uh, those types of things. and so here he is you know his last go around now he has this change again but uh, You know, I try to develop that relationship and and get him going. And, you know, we probably do a few things differently. All of us do things differently. And so hopefully some of those things are attractive to him. And then we kind of were able to develop that trust in that relationship. Does it help as an offensive
0: coordinator the fact that you were a quarterback?
1: I hope so. Right. Um, (laughs) You know, I I guess I really don't know. But but I, I think it helps because I know where he's been. You know, when things happen that not many other people know what's going on when he does something, I've been there. And so I kind of sense that. and I know I can say, yeah, I've been there. I know what you saw, but this is what we got to do. And there's some things there that I think are very synonymous that help us out. Is is his arm unique? No, it's unbelievable. I mean he's his, his arm talent's phenomenal. I, right. I've been around in my recent stops and things like that, some of the best in the country and, and his arm talent's right there at the top. Yeah. Can can
0: that for a quarterback then you know, I think you think of some of the great ones, you think of a Brett Favre or the guys that had monster arms. They kind of believe they can throw through a brick wall, don't they? Absolutely. Is that a blessing and a curse? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, can catch them both ways. Right. So you got You got to pull
1: back in the reins a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean that's a part of it. But when you really look to the next level, it's all about game management. It's about putting the offense in the right position. It, it's all those factors that go into making you a complete quarterback. And and I think, you know, he he's an older, experienced vet that's had a lot of snaps, and and you see those things even coming more and more to be. And so
0: we hope to continue that process. When you have a player like Lavisca in offense, is that a Sometimes a safety blanket, where you think, yeah. when in doubt. Absolutely, to a certain extent.
1: You know, he's so talented, he's so physically strong. That, that's what's so amazing about Visca, you know, his strength and his ability there. If you get the ball in his hands, what he can do. And so, yeah, to have them is, is phenomenal. And I've been so pleased with all the other guys surrounding him. Right. Uh, you know, if you look at Tony Brown and KD, and you know, the play of the game was KD. Yes. Second and 14. Right. That was the play of the game. Huge play. Huge play of the game, because we had been non-existent. For three quarters, and, and he came and made a play and got us going. Then all of a sudden we scored. and the next play is the flea flicker, and I told the whole offense that 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 was the play of the game. We watched it collectively, yeah. the whole offense, because that that turned the game. How about this, this offensive line on your side of the ball coming along? You like what you're saying? I, I think so. You know, uh, offensive line a lot is continuity and, and getting those guys, and and again with the transition, and that is a whole completely new language that those guys have to learn. You know, and Coach Cap is is very well traveled and experienced, so those guys are I think coming to be and understanding him and. And his approach, and it's all—it's communication. And so, when we can get those guys communicating all on the same page, and we're seeing that come to be, and so we got to continue to make strides, but they're getting better.
0: How about this uh, defense that you're facing with Air Force? You know, we spend so much time talking about the academy, <clears throat> talking about that option attack, and all the problems right. that creates. We, we kind of forget sometimes that uh, you got to pick apart a pretty
1: good defense. No then. question. I, you know, as you would expect. They're where they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. and they play with unbelievable effort. They don't bust very much. Right. I mean, they're very multiple. They like to blitz you and do multiple things, and they do it because they can handle it, and they're where they're supposed to be. So they're very assignment sound. They're well coached, and we're going to have to perform well. Yeah, and, and what
0: we talked about with Mel uh, during that last segment about – when you face them, because of what they do offensively, it, it cuts back potentially on your possessions. And so no you've really got to be efficient then, right?
1: You, you do, and that's always a scary part. And we mentioned that to the offense when we were doing the scouting report, that, you know, you're not going to get... So many touches, you know, because they're going to take the ball and possess the ball, and so we have to really be efficient. And as as Mel always talks about playing complementary football, this is
0: probably the most important game we need to do it. So Mel mentioned too about getting off to a quicker start. I think the buses start a little bit slow, a little sluggish the first couple of ball games. How do you how do you overcome that?
1: Yeah, it's it's going back to the process. It's the way we practice. It's the way you prepare, uh, taking that extra little step mentally, uh, getting yourself really prepared so when when the clock goes, the ball kicks, we're ready to go. And so I told them we we can 't the defense, in my opinion, uh, kept us in that game last week by an incredible job. Now we need to return the favor we need to get out quick and, and, and like I said, play complementary football
0: you, know, you mentioned that that defense and, and your guys face that unit every day, and I know there 's youth over there, and, and I the the con- traditional thought going into this season was that was the unit that was going to have to come as time went on. What have you seen from that group, and why, why during the fall camp did you think, okay, they're young, but inexperienced, but boy, they, they've got something
1: over there. Oh, certainly. I mean, you just saw as we kind of progressed through fall camp, we do a lot of good on good, so we're going against each other the top groups, and we even do that during the season. And so, you could just start to see the improvements that were being made in simple things, the way they were running the ball, the way they were tackling, thudding, all those things that I knew they would come around, and you know, those guys have good staff and do a good job.
0: You've enjoyed your transition here to
1: Boulder? It's been awesome, yeah. People yeah. are great. Uh, great community. Great great part of the country. So it's really been fantastic. Yeah. What was it about Mel Tucker? Well, why did you want to follow him here? You know, I, I was with Mel at Georgia the two years, and, and I think it's his, um, it's kind of his persona, his it's who he is, and, and I felt like he is very even-keeled. I mean, demanding and challenging, but yet at certain times, he's very even-keeled and poised, and that's the type of guy I wanted to work for. Yeah. Well, so far, so good, right? It's been good.
0: <laughs> hey, good luck this weekend against Air Force. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. That's the offensive quarter of the Buffaloes. Jay Johnson coming up next. The quarterback is going to join us. Fifth-year senior Stephen Montez out of El Paso, Texas as the Buffs will take on Air Force on Saturday, 11 o'clock. We're at the Post Brewing Company. One quick timeout. This is Colorado Football from Learfield IMG College. Back one final time with the Post Brewing Company here in downtown Boulder. It's Buff Prime Time. <laughs> Boy, I thought Mel Tucker got a big round of applause when he walked in. Stephen Montez walks in. It's like Elvis was in the building all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. How are you? My hair is not as good as Elvis's hair. <laughs> I hate to tell you that. Now would you throw the ball better than Elvis ever did? I tell you that. Uh, yeah. Debatable. debatable. Yeah. How much fun was that? Uh, you know, one of the coolest pictures I saw in the postgame, craziness on the field, was some young man out of the stands, not wearing a shirt, but he was wearing a sombrero and he was hugging Mel Tucker. That, I thought, was the craziest thing I saw. Think about that for a second. Oh, absolutely. What, what happened to you out there in the field?
2: Um, I mean, kind of just got mobbed. Everybody, everybody rushed the field, and then I was just sitting there and a bunch of students started hugging me. Me, punching my chest, just going crazy. So uh, as long I, as you don't punch back, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, was, I was keeping my hands at my <laughs> hips, but I mean, no, it was a great time, and it was just, it was just really fun to uh, to have that atmosphere after a win. All right, take us into the locker room at halftime. You down 17 nothing.
0: Mel walks off the field and talks to Randy Lindo on the sidelines. It was just, uh, you used the phrase that at the press conference, he's as cool as a cucumber. I mean, he was just relaxed. And take us into the locker room. How does that halftime go?
2: All right, so we go in the locker room. We're, we're sitting there. We're just Kind of everyone's not really saying too much. Um, I believe Coach Johnson walks in, talks to the offense, kind of gets us us back in gear, kind of just Mm -hmm. tells us, hey, there's a lot of game left. We can still do a lot of good things on offense. We'll make some adjustments, and then we'll come out, and, and we'll start to get things clicking in the second half. And then sure enough, we get out there, and things start to get rolling. Yeah. And and Mel, did he just kind of hey fellas, let's go? And... Yeah, he was just just super calm, just just super just easy, just didn't re- didn't yell, didn't didn't raise his voice, didn't say too much. He was just kind of like, hey, there's a lot of game left, yeah. a ton of game left.
0: Yeah. How were you feeling about it?
2: I was feeling good. I was I was kind of just thinking the exact same thing. I mean, we still got two whole quarters of football left. I mean, we're only down 17, so. I mean, a lot can happen in two quarters of football, and then we ended up playing playing a little bit extra, which is which is always fine. I mean, we'll we'll play till till the sun comes up the next morning. So, sure. um, take us through the flea flicker. What was your what was oh, your view on what were you thinking at that whole At first, when uh? Coach Johnson called it, I was like, "On our own four, uh, <laughs> I'm standing, I I'm standing in the end zone." <laughs> and I was yeah. so when I first went out there, I was just thinking, I was like, "Whatever you do here, do not take a safety. That's yes. the last thing you, you yeah. got to do here." So uh, we went out there and I I looked at the defense, looked at their safeties, and saw their coverage. They were in low quarters, which is cover four, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Man, this might score. <laughs> like, this is gonna score right yeah. here." And so I brought, brought Katie in motion to try to sell like we were running Michigan check and uh, went, handed it off to Alex, turned around, pitched it, got a block. And then we, we fooled the safety so much that he actually came down, realized it was passed, and then just blitzed. Right. Because he was already in too deep. So he's going to try to come to you. So he was going to try to come to me, and there was a gap open for him. So I saw him, and I was like, oh So then I went, got my eyes on KD, and just get, try, I tried not to overthrow him and just try to, try to give him a ball that he could play with, and he ended up catching the ball, ended up making the corner miss and then going to the crib and celebrating. Yep,
0: and there's Steven running down the field like this.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know... Those of us here, I think everybody in the studio audience today falls into this category. Uh, all of us mortals, you know, I like asking these kind of questions. I asked Isaiah Oliver a few years ago. What's it like to be fast, okay? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to ask you that. No no insult, by the way. Uh, what's, what's it like to have
2: your arm and be able to throw a football like that? Um, I mean, sometimes it's a blessing and a curse. Right. Because I get myself in situations where my feet don't necessarily line up to my throws and in the past i've gotten away with it just because i can make the throw from different platforms right but um i mean when you play better competition people are faster and you need more pop on the ball when it leaves your hand so i gotta get my feet right so sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad right where'd that arm come from who's got
0: a better arm you or your dad you guys know his father is a legendary Colorado athlete
2: who's got a better arm know my dad? Yeah, you I gotta dad. say my dad. Yeah, my does, dad's got a cannon. Does he really? Oh, he's got just a just a laser. So
0: what does that mean if with that arm you think he's got a great arm?
2: Oh man, I've seen I've seen my dad just cuz my for for those of you guys who don't know, my dad was my high school football coach. So sometimes he would, like, get out there and throw for our defense and defensive seven-on-seven. Seven, right. And he would just dice them. He would just go out there and go, like, eight for eight, just threw three deep balls over the safety's heads, no problem, just all of them on point. Yeah. And, I mean, he hasn't practiced throwing in. And- right. Probably 15 years. And he's old and decrepit like and, the rest of us. And he's old. Yeah. Like, yeah, his shoulder's all jacked up. Like, <laughs> like I mean, he, I, I don't like the fact you agreed with that statement even, so quickly. He can't even... He can't... I mean, yeah. uh, not old, yeah. but, like, he can't even move his shoulder, and then he just goes out there and starts ripping it around. He's like, all right, I got my yeah. 10 throws in for the day I'm done. I'm like, <laughs> 10 for 10. Okay, the other thing we got to talk Great. about, and I was
0: excited when I found out you were going to be here today. we got to talk about bath bombs. All right? Oh, God. Do you guys know what bath bombs are? No. Ladies? No, the are the, the the, what? You ever been to Lush? Huh? Never. Okay. Can't never, not you once. Said that out of here. Steven likes to take a long, warm bath the night before games. I found out. I, do. I and, do. And a bath bomb is is what a uh, like a thing of uh, uh, bath salts and gels. It's and, like
2: bath salts, and sometimes yeah. they put like like what is it, aloe vera? Sure, like? yeah. They put all kinds. Aloe vera would stuff. assume.
0: They're, this is the softer yeah. side of Steven Montez. By the yeah. way, we're talking. Yeah,
2: about. I. W- yeah. yeah, I should have never said that. I. Used <laughs> <the bath bombs>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, I've. Uh, I, uh, I go get the bath bombs. It's just something to relax me sure. just before I go to bed the night yeah. before games. But, yeah, they have different, all kinds of different smells. They got lavender. They got mint. Beautiful. They got an avocado nice. for nice. soft skin. They got, yeah. I mean, you name it, they probably have it in a, ba- a bath bomb. Nice. They got flowers that come out. Beautiful. I mean, I'm not saying that I get those. No, but. no, no, no. <laughs> No, no, not that there's anything wrong with that. Steve. Not that there's you're, anything wrong with the flower bath bombs. I mean, hey. <laughs> all
0: right, uh, enough of that. How about uh, how about Air Force this weekend? You know, all we talk about is their Air Force uh, offense. But like we said, the Jay, that defense is pretty salty
2: too. Yeah, their defense is very talented. They, I mean, they play sound football. They're very disciplined. Very physical. Um, they got some good athletes out there. So, I mean, we're going we're gonna to definitely have to bring our A game.
0: Yeah. Is this offense, do you like the way this offense is evolving?
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think we still have a ton of work to go. We've still, still got strides to make and getting better. But I think we're definitely on the right path. Yeah.
0: You got so many targets to throw it to out there. I mean, you know, LaVisca and KD and Tony. And I don't know. Oh, know. this goes on. Oh, yeah. And, and how, about, how about the way Brady's coming around, huh?
2: Oh, Brady. I mean, Brady looks good. I think Jalen Harris looks good. I mean, yeah. I think we're very, very deep
0: on the perimeter. All right. Um, And and this is kind of an insight question. Am I your dog yet? Can I be your dog at some point? Stephen was telling everybody he was a dog a few years ago, and I said, am I your dog? He says, oh, no, you're not my
2: dog. (laughs) I said, will I ever be your dog? He said, well, maybe by the time I leave. I mean, you know what? Actually, Mark, you hey, you can be my dog, Mark. You can be my dog. I tell you what, absolutely, uh, we beat Nebraska. I'm Stephen's dog. This absolutely. has made my life right now. This is this is the week.
0: Hey, congratulations. Keep it up, man. Hey, let's have some fun here. Your final year. Let's have some fun. Absolutely. absolutely. All right, there you is, Stephen Montez. He's a redshirt it. senior. Look at that. Holy cow. That's a great little bit of applause here for the quarterback of the Buffaloes. Hey, on uh, Saturday it's eleven o'clock to kick off nine a.m. the pregame of the network. Coach is back this week, so Gary Barnett in the booth with us. So we'll have the broadcast. Come back and see us next week. It's a Wednesday next week. We'll be out here from twelve thirty to one thirty for Buffs Prime Time. Big round of applause for the Post Brewing Company hosting us this week as well. Let's get ready for the Buffs and the Falcons on Saturday. This is Colorado football from Learfield IMG College. Off's prime Time has been presented by Coors Light the official beer of chill the preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Buffalo Sports Network with the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky
1: just about anywhere